Welcome to Unity of Tucson. This day, today, is the first day of our fall spiritual renewal series that, is, uh, that I've based on the book Divine Audacity by Linda Martella Witsit. All of a sudden I'm thinking, did I get her name right? Yes, Linda Martella Witsit. <laughs> and uh, a song called My Declaration, a declaration about who I choose to be in the world, about I'm not letting anything, essentially the song is saying, I'm not letting anything, anything that I perceive as little in the world of circumstance take charge of who I choose to be in this world. I'm going to stand forth, I'm going to stand firm in the truth of who I am, and that is a di- divinely audacious space to live in. That is a divinely audacious place to be. I'm going to be someone, the song starts. I'm going, to be, I'm going to give something. I'm taking it on. I'm taking it on. I love that. I am taking it on. What is it? I'm taking infinite truth on into my soul, and I am allowing that to unfold. I'm taking it on. What might you choose to take on in your life? That's a question that I want to start with today. What might you choose to take on in your life? It's a rhetorical question. I know I looked up like I was going to ask you for an answer. But just check in with yourself. That's the power of the rhetorical question. It allows you to make considerations for yourself. What is it that you might choose to take on in your life? Do you have the tenacity to take on the truth? Do you even know what the truth is? Because in order to take on the truth and live from the truth, we must first know what the truth is. You get to decide, ultimately, on a couple of aspects of what truth is. This actually was a major topic of conversation this week. Uh, among ministerial friends of mine and colleagues in the field. Uh, and the question really did come up, what is truth? What is truth? Have you, ever, have you ever given time to yourself to explore an answer to that question, what is truth? Because we talk a lot about truth here. We talk a lot about it. We express a truth. But have you ever asked yourself, what does truth mean to me? What is truth? What is truth? Now, there are a few aspects of truth, and there are two, two that I'm not really going to delve into too deeply uh, today because they're pretty simple. I, well, I think they're simple to understand. You get to determine if you think they're simple to understand. But there is objective truth and subjective truth. Objective, ob- objective truth is generally considered uh, to be an acceptance of some idea that is the same for all people. That is an objective truth. If it is the same for all, that is an objective truth. There is an objective truth that shows up in the world of circumstance as a fact. Here's an objective truth. Water freezes at 32 degrees Fahrenheit at sea level. That is an objective truth. It, we can demonstrate that. We can demonstrate that. Then there is the subjective truth. The subjective truth is dependent on perspective. It is opinion. It is a point of view. 
Some of you may be having the experience of this type of subjective truth. It is cold in this room. Or some of you may have this subjective truth working for you. It is quite warm in this room. That does not negate that truth for you. That's subjective truth. But what I want to talk about today is absolute truth. Absolute truth. The truth of God. And this, to me, is the absolute truth that I have taken into my heart. The absolute truth is very simple. God is all there is. How does that ring for you? What does that bring up for you? God is all there is. Now, rather than get into a discussion about what is God, I want to work from this definition. God is the ineffable creative source and power. The ineffable creative source and power. It is that energy that is motivating and showing up as life. It is life force itself. It is not some being. It is beingness. And this ties into how we begin divine audacity. I've already mentioned it. What it is to be divinely audacious. Because if that is what we understand, it is the ineffable creative source and power. And if the absolute truth is that that source and power is infinite, then there can be nothing separate from it. So I propose today that we absolutely embody the divinely audacious statement, I am God. Because we are not separate from God. Now, we can perceive that we are walking with God. We can perceive that we are somehow in God, but we are of God. That is the infinite truth. Linda Martellowitzit wrote, divine audacity is bold spiritual living under the radical premise that I am divine. That's what she's talking about. I am God. To what degree, and, this, and, and there are degrees of acceptance of this truth, and just check in for yourself, to what degree have you accepted this notion for yourself? Now, there will be people who will say, I absolutely get it. I understand it, and I am embodying it, and I'm living that. And there are going to be people who may say, that's a step too far. And that's okay. I'm going to go back to a question I asked last week. If I step up here and I say, you are divine, you are God, you are this infinite life presence and power, divinely unfolding at all times, how does that make you feel? The question I asked last week is, was this, does it make you feel significant or insignificant? I talked a lot about that deep field last week that we can choose to feel significant or we can choose to feel insignificant. To feel insignificant is to say, oh, look at all that is out there. I am feeling separate from it. But to embrace and embody that you are part of this infinite wholeness, this infinite life force, to me, that helps me feel significant in this world. There is no separation. And so if you ask me at any time, who do you see me as? Like, if you came to me and asked the question, like, Grace, if you asked me the question, who do you see me as, Reverend Jonathan? I would say, I see you as God. I see you as God. I see everyone here as God. I recognize the 
God in the faces of everyone that I encounter. Whether we have met in person or not, if you're watching online, we, we, we may not have met in person, but I recognize the faces of divinity in everyone. There is only the great I am. There is only the great I am, and I am that. I am. You are that. You are. That's the absolute truth that we teach. That's the absolute truth that we teach. And I think it gets lost sometimes. I think it gets lost sometimes when we start to align ourselves with the stuff of our experience, the stuff in the world of form. And that's what the song is saying. I am ready to put down all of that stuff and live the truth of my being. I am allowing myself to be divinely audacious. I am allowing myself to step forward as the power. We find it again. We find that we are that point of power from which the stuff is created. And you know what happens? Is the stuff will naturally shift its expression in our lives when we realize that we are in charge of it. I'm in a class right now on prayer and meditation, part of the Unity uh, course work that I'm doing to uh, become an ordained Unity minister. We have a lot of talk about Myrtle Fillmore, of course, You know, she said, and this was her affirmation that healed her, I am a divine, no, I'm not going to get it right because I don't have it in front of me. I am a divine child of God, and I inherit, and I don't inherit disease. It's something like that. I will get it, I will commit it to memory, I promise. (laughs) Fifteen years with Ernest Holmes, I know a lot of that. (laughs) I'm working on it. But that very notion, I am a divine child of God, not separate from, but living as. I am the progeny of this infinite power and presence. To know that, to embody that, is the thing that heals. It's why I talk about the healing candle every single time. Healing is the revelation of the God energy, the life essence in all form. And when we are in alignment with that, when we attune to our essential nature, which is divine, we are experiencing healing. So the point of the next several weeks to step into a divinely audacious life is to get in touch with that inner inherent power at our core and express it fully and freely without apology. Without apology, can you do that? When we are attuned to our essential, we cannot help but shine our light. Remember last week I said, we are stars. We are. We are self-luminous celestial bodies. When we understand that is the truth of our being, we cannot help but shine our light. All the mystics of the world have pointed to this understanding and have called it essentially enlightenment. That's the word that we use for it, but it all boils down to the same thing. We are enlightened. We are stars. In enlightenment, we are rooted more deeply, I believe, in faith, and that is the first of the 12 powers that we are talking about because the book Divine Audacity is an exploration of the 12 powers of man by Charles Fillmore. 
This week we're talking about first faith. When we talk about absolute truth, this idea that God is all there is and that's who and what I am, that is an act of faith. That is an expression of faith because absolute truth is accepting something absence evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen, Hebrews 11.1. 1. True faith is an inside job. True faith is an inside job. It is not a reliance on anything we perceive outside the self. Now, we have often heard this idea that I can have faith in something, right? Many people approach a spiritual philosophy with their faith in God. That is not who we claim to be. We claim to approach faith with this understanding, that we approach life with the faith of God, that we are that which is. Faith is an inner experience. True faith is the capacity to know without the necessity for the evidence. Our lives are lives rooted in the faith of God, knowing itself so profoundly that it shows up as each and every one of us. That's faith. And it is the faith that we all have at the core of our beingness. Charles Fillmore said, faith is the perceiving power of the mind linked with the power to shape substance. The perceiving power of the mind linked with the power to shape substance. When we are rooted in faith, what he's saying here is, when we are rooted in faith, we can shape the substance of our lives. And that's the entire New Thought teaching. The divinity of humanity and the law of cause and effect, because that is the faith. When we know who we are, we utilize the law of cause and effect to create our lives. And I am going to use an Ernest Holmes quote. Ah! Okay. <coughs> Ernest Holmes says this about faith. Faith is a mental attitude so inwardly embodied that the mind can no longer deny it. I love that definition. That's why I brought it, you know. And you're going to get some Ernest Holmes once in a while. I'm just letting you know. Because they were contemporaries. They knew each other. They knew each other. Like, they, like they were, they're teaching the same thing. Faith is a mental attitude so inwardly embodied that the mind can no longer deny it. So I'm going to ask you right now to consider this. What do you play? Where, where do you place your faith? What is so inwardly embodied that you do not deny it? You cannot deny it. What is comes up for you in that. Again, rhetorical. <laughs> what is that thing that is so inwardly embodied that you, there is no denying it? It is the truth for you. There may be many things that come up for you. There may be just one thing that comes up for you. Another way of asking this is, what is absolutely true for you? What is absolutely true for you? Here are some examples. Maybe this is a truth for you. I have had to work hard to make money to live. Are you living the construct of that truth? I have to work hard to make money to live, or I had to work hard to make money to live. Maybe it's, I don't trust people. I do not trust people. That may be an inward faith. It may be this, I know who I am. 
I know who everyone is. I am always provided for, and life is always unfolding perfectly. How about that as a point of faith? I know who I am. I know who everyone is. I am always provided for, and my life is always unfolding perfectly. Now here's the question, as I say that, what doubt arises in your mind? Because doubt creates the limitation on the experience of your faith. While there are many of you who may in this moment have been able to identify one or more, I'm going to utilize a phrase to express that idea that was coined by a colleague of mine. It is this, that is your already established premise. That is a core belief. And from core beliefs, our life unfolds. Your life is unfolding based on that already established premise. If you begin to look at the effects of your life, if you start to look at the circumstances of your life, as you start to look at all the stuff, all of it, and your relationship to it, you will see where your faith lies. It's a great mirror. The world is a mirror to your experience of faith. This leads us into the next power, because as we look at that stuff out there, well, our work then is to live in an understanding of that. So the next power is understanding. This week is faith and understanding. If you want to know what you believe, look at your life. The expression in the world of form is the outpicturing of our mind. It is the outpicturing of that already established premise. It is the outpicturing of our faith. Spiritual understanding is the ability of the mind to apprehend and realize the laws of thought and the relation of ideas to one another. And it is those ideas and our understanding of those ideas that create the construct of our lives. Our realization of the laws is a key to freedom because as we understand the law and the way it works, we can put it to practice in our lives and create the life we want to live. Once we know that all thought is creative, all thought is creative, we can take charge of that creation in our lives that relies on understanding. Our only limitation in this perception is the idea that we are limited. That's the only limitation. So the work of this philosophy is to deepen our power of understanding and embody that as an expression of faith. Now, many of us approach this first with an intellectual understanding. That was my entry point. Oh, I'll tell you, that first Sunday I sat in on a service in a New Thought church, I was like, oh, I get this. I can understand this. This, is, this. this hits me on an intellectual level, and I can study this, and I can put it to practice in my life. I can study books. I can study writings. I can experience and read the transcripts of lectures. I can experience it intellectually, because that's, I'm kind of an intellectual guy. But there came a time when I deepened into understanding. 
And that only happens when I tapped into that intuition to understand that, as Emerson calls it, the oversoul, the infinite nature, is funneling itself into the expression that is me. And when I embodied that, it went beyond the intellect. It became a heart-centered understanding. And from my intuition, I experience realization. But realization is an understanding in feeling. Realize, true realization cannot be put into words, I don't think. I, now, there are many words that we have tried to use to understand that realization, but truly, it, you cannot put into words the embodiment of that understanding. It's not just thoughts and beliefs that express although that's the entry point from an intellectual perspective. It is feeling, feeling that exponentially shades the thoughts and beliefs. And the quality of our lives shows up based on those shades of feeling. Now, some of you will have seen this before. You are a version of this before, and I have updated it. When I first started, this is what I call the formula. <laughs> when I first started working with this idea of the formula, it was T plus B plus F equals QL. But as I have developed it and understood it more deeply and more deeply and more deeply, here's what I have come to realize, that every aspect of it is exponential. And so, thoughts to the power of your beliefs and all of that to the power of your feelings equals the quality of your life. Thoughts to the power of belief and all of that to the power of feeling equals the quality of your life. We must be aware and bring up into our experience and level of understanding all three of those aspects. What are the thoughts we are thinking? What are the beliefs that we hold true? And how do we feel about those things? Because all of that together creates the quality of your life. I believe, this is, this is I'll tell you, this, is, this for me has allowed me the understanding to embody from a place of faith, and my life has just gotten better. And so I choose to share this with the world because it's about the most, it's about the simplest way I can distill it all down. Has everyone who's, I've seen some cameras come out, so has everyone taken their picture? <laughs> so in a way, this brings me full circle. It brings me full circle to where we began today in exploring truth. Irrespective of objective truth and subjective truth, what if we only live from absolute truth? What if that is the point of entry for all experience and expression? What if we only have faith? What if we only have understanding? What if we only have this? I am that 
I am. And we embody that to such a degree that the mind can no longer deny it. If we truly adopted these two or any of the 12 powers, how might our lives be shifted? That's where we begin. These next six weeks of divine audacity, that's where we begin. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why the fall spiritual renewal is a wonderful practice. Because our lives, if we are willing to commit, are transformed. And it is through the renewing of the mind. So make a commitment today. Faith and understanding are a great way to begin that understanding. And I encourage you to take this to heart. And that's today's message. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.